Hello, my ladies. Welcome to another episode of Milfi Rich. I am your host, Jenny Jector. And today we are going to talk about urges. And I want to tell you first a story. I just got back from a little teeny tiny mini vacation down to Savannah with my friend, Claudia. She had a conference down there. She invited me to be her plus one. I was treating it as like a little mini business retreat for myself. And I had planned to work on my Q4 business planning. But Hurricane Ian had different plans for us. So we ended up having to come back early, but we definitely wanted to like make the most of our evening that we had there. And so we went out to dinner and, you know, as you know, I mentioned in one earlier podcast that I am not drinking until the end of the year. And that decision came from so much awareness and love for myself of where I am in my relationship with alcohol, that I came to the very clear realization that even when I would have just one glass of wine, which is usually the most amount that I would drink, that I didn't like it, that I didn't like how I felt. And this kind of goes into talking about urges because I don't have strong urges for alcohol. I have suggestions from my brain sometimes like, oh, a glass of wine would be nice, but I don't feel it in my body. And an urge is something that compels you to take action because you embody the feeling of the urge. You embody the wanting and the motivation of the urge. And I went out to dinner with Claudia and she was having a little bit of wine and my brain was kind of looking around this really nice place. And it was really telling me, Oh my gosh, like this is such a nice restaurant. Like you're out with your, one of your best friends. Like, you know, is it, do you really, does it really matter that you like have a glass of wine? So it was kind of like offering me suggestions, like offering me an invitation. And that to me is like kind of where I think the differences of where I am now versus where I used to be with my thoughts about alcohol, that the, the, the way my brain talks to me is it really is sort of like an invitation of like, Oh, like, do you want water? Do you want like water with ice? Like, do you need a napkin? (laughs) You know, like it's not something that feels really pressured. There's no thoughts like, I need this. I definitely want to have, like, I have to have this. There's none of that for me. So it really was just an invitation. And, you know, because I'd already made the decision for myself that I'm not drinking till the end of the year, there was no battle that I was facing. Like, I wasn't like, oh yeah, like I'm definitely going to have this. So I, I didn't have the wine and I was so glad I did it because I know when I have one glass of wine, I immediately get super, super freaking tired. And we wanted to go on a ghost tour. So I had my Diet Coke and we went on the ghost tour. I had so much fun. I stayed up way past my bedtime, all the way up to 1030. <laughs> I'm wild, y'all. I'm so wild. And I had a great time. And I felt so proud of myself the next morning, because even though like it didn't feel like it was this big struggle, anytime my brain offers me the option of drinking, 
I feel so proud of myself when I say no. And that really brings me to what I want to talk to you about today, which is what is an urge and what are the three things that you do with urges and how you respond to them? So an urge is simply a feeling that you have in your body for a behavior or for like some sort of thing that you're doing that like gives you dopamine, right? So like this could be like an urge to overeat sugar and, and like, uh, I can't think of the word, uh, processed foods. This could be an urge to like, uh, get on social media and scroll a lot. This could be an urge, like work all the time. This could be an urge to, uh, like drink alcohol. This could be an urge to look at pornography. It's something that feels very compelling in your body. And it almost feels like an inner pressure that has built up because the desire is so high. So another word for urges would be desire, like high desire. Like big urges are high desire, high wanting. So with alcohol, over time, your brain has worked in conjunction with your body to create a lot of urgency to consume alcohol. So you have a lot of urges to drink. If you're someone who drinks alcohol as a habit frequently, you are answering every urge with alcohol. Now, a lot of people will say like, oh, I don't have urges to drink. Like I just like alcohol and I'm always in my brain, (laughs) not to their faces. I'm always saying bullshit to that because the only way to know and feel the intensity of your urge is to remove the substance for at least a week and see what your body does see what your brain does. It will 100% go into some sort of like withdrawal. And it doesn't have to even be like a physical withdrawal. I mean, that would definitely be happening with more severe cases of alcoholism, but it would definitely be an emotional withdrawal and a dopamine withdrawal. Your brain is looking for dopamine. Anytime you're drinking alcohol, it's because your brain wants dopamine and your brain thinks that alcohol is good for you because alcohol gives you a lot of dopamine all at once. It floods your system. So when we look at the three things that you can do with an urge, the first thing would be that you respond to it by having it. You you respond to the urge. So when you respond to an urge, you're essentially answering the urge with whatever the urge is requesting. So if you are someone who is drinking alcohol as a habit, every urge you have and your urge might just sound like, I need a glass of wine. And you immediately respond with, okay, I'm going to get one. And you get the glass down from your cabinet, you open a bottle and you pour yourself some. So that's one way to respond to an urge is by answering it. 
The next way you can respond to an urge is by resisting it. Resisting an urge is what we use when we are not sure how to allow an urge to be there without feeling uncomfortable or being okay feeling discomfort. So what we're using when we're resisting an urge is willpower. So willpower is essentially sort of saying your your brain and your body are like, we want alcohol. Your brain is saying to yourself like, oh, a glass of wine would be nice. And you're not giving yourself the wine, but instead you're pressing down against how much you actually want it, want it. You're kind of denying to yourself how much you actually want it. So this might look like distraction. This will feel in your body like a lot of tightness. It will feel like you don't know why you feel irritation, but you actually feel like a sense of irritation. There might feel, you might feel a sense of frustration. The key to noticing in your body when you're resisting an urge is there is a constriction happening. There is a tightness in your chest and using willpower in this way as a way to change your drinking habit, which is just kind of what most people use at first, you know, we're going into sober October and a lot of people will use willpower the entire time to get through the month. The thing with willpower is that it is not something that is sustainable. You cannot deny desire and wanting for an extended period of time because it takes a lot of energy and you only have a finite amount of energy every day to use. So when you are using a lot of energy to deny how much you want to have a drink, maybe because you're judging yourself. Like if you actually acknowledge, wow, I actually really want alcohol a lot. Like your brain would make that mean something really terrible about you. Your brain would really like judge you for that. So you're using willpower and it's taking up a lot of energy. And so when we're using this resistance, it's something that can work temporarily but it's not something that is going to be sustainable if you want to change your drinking habit long-term, which I know you do. So I want to tell you what you do instead. So the third thing that you can do with an urge is you can allow it to be there. Easier said than done, right? (laughs) So I want to tell you the analogy that I like to use with a lot of my clients. And it's the analogy of a bath bomb. So when you have a bath bomb, it's super, super tight, right? It's, uh, and then you put it into water and it sort of dissolves. So I want you to think of an urge for alcohol, a wanting for alcohol, a desire for alcohol being like a little bath bomb that comes into your chest and you feel it. You feel that sort of like pressured feeling. Now, again, with willpower, in response to that sort of like pressured feeling, that uprising of desire, we're pushing it down, right? 
So again, that little bath bomb is sitting in your chest, that urge, that desire, that wanting is sitting in your chest and you bring your presence to it. You bring all of your awareness to the sensations happening in your body. And what this does is that your presence, your awareness becomes the water that dissolves the desire. It dissolves the urge. It dissolves the wanting. This is how you change your relationship with alcohol permanently. You allow desire to come. You stay present with the intensity of the desire. And we'll talk about what that looks like as far as like breathing into the sensations. And you don't answer the desire with the product that your desire is asking for. This process is known as classical deconditioning. You're deconditioning your desire. You're you're bringing your presence to the sensations. And when I say you bring your presence to the sensation, you don't just have to close your eyes. You just have to be in your body. And being in your body means that you're like kind of going into your chest and you're asking yourself, what does this sensation actually feel like? Because your brain will actually make you think that it's a big problem. Your brain will make you think that this sensation in your chest is a problem. So what we want to do is we want to just demystify the sensations. So we want to ask questions like, is this sensation hard or soft? Is this sensation fast or slow? Does this sensation feel hot or cold? Does this sensation feel tight or loose? If this sensation were a color, what color would it be? And so what we're doing when we're asking and answering these questions is we are neutralizing our brain's response to a sensation in the body. Because the only reason you're going to alcohol when your plan is to not drink is because you're responding to the sensation and your brain has an interpretation of what you need to do based on how that sensation feels. This sensation feels not good. This just means I need to go have a drink. I need to go have alcohol. This is the process that you do over and over and over again. In order to decrease your desire for alcohol, the reason it's so easy for me to say no to a glass of wine when I'm in this beautiful restaurant on vacation with one of my besties is because I have low desire. Now, I want to go back to talking about sensation just for a moment. Because one of the tips that I use with, or one of the tools I use with my clients is I have them go to where the sensation is in their body, where they feel the the urge for alcohol. And you go there for like five seconds and you really, really feel it. 
And then you move your awareness to another area of your body, like say your knee, and you keep your awareness there for five seconds. And you feel what that sensation feels like. And then you go back to the sensation where the alcohol urges again for five seconds. And then you move back to the knee area where there's not a sensation. And what this is doing is it's just showing you that even in your body, when this feeling is coming in, there are places in your body that the feeling is not. And so it's just reminding your brain that this is not all consuming. This is not a huge problem. I don't have to respond to this in the way that I've always responded, which is to drink alcohol. Now, the the one thing I want to say, like with being out with my friend, my desire is low, right? It doesn't mean I don't have thoughts that suggest that I have a drink. You're always going to have thoughts like that invite you to drink alcohol, but what happens over time, as you learn how to allow an urge over and over and over again, what happens over time is that you become disconnected from the thoughts. So like right now, my thoughts don't anchor me into one action especially because I have a lot of practiced thoughts that drive me to other things. You know, like, like my thought is like, I know I don't really want this. I don't even like how this feels. I don't even like enjoy the the taste anymore. So these thoughts support me in making other decisions around drinking alcohol. Even when faced with a lot of circumstances that are kind of like leaning towards another choice to drink, right? This is the process that I want you to start practicing if you want to change your relationship with alcohol and you're sober curious. It's really hard to not drink alcohol when you have really high desire. It's really hard to say no to something when you have really high desire for it. And I use this analogy of like, I want you to think of some guy that you dated or some woman that you dated that you were like really, really like hot and heavy for, like maybe you were in love with them. And when you guys broke up, like you wanted them so freaking badly, but as time moved on, you you might not have known this was happening, but your thoughts about them changed, right? Your thoughts about this relationship changed. And now when you see this person, you feel totally neutral. You're not thinking like, oh my God, I just like want to go like hop in the bed with them right now. I can't wait. I can't hold myself back. I want them so bad. There's just no way I could not go, go, go jump his bones. There's no way you're thinking that, right? Because most likely over the course of your breakup, you started to think different thoughts about them. You started to allow yourself to feel grief. You started to allow yourself to feel pain. And that desire that you once had for that person started to diminish. The same thing can happen without 
like with alcohol. You can do the same thing with alcohol. And I want you to remember this because a lot of people think I could never not want to drink. I used to think that y'all, I worked in the freaking wine industry for 14 years. And my thought for sure was I will never not want alcohol. Never. Like you can scroll back on my social media and see where I'm talking about the fact that I'm starting to believe I could be someone who doesn't want it. I was like in disbelief that I could even believe that I would be someone who didn't want it. This is a process that you go through. It's not overnight. I don't say that there's a tried and true like time frame that it takes people. And I think everyone's journey gets to be unique, right? But the process does include you allowing an urge and a wanting and a desire to be there and not having it and allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable. I'm so sorry for the bad news here, but you don't get to change your relationship with alcohol and not feel discomfort. And there's going to be all sorts of different layers of discomfort. There is going to be the discomfort of like the physical body as you decrease desire. There's going to be the discomfort of navigating social situations without alcohol. There is going to be the discomfort of navigating sexual situations without alcohol, family situations, work stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. And it's all fucking worth it. You could not pay me a million dollars to have the habit I had a few years ago. Life is so much better. You feel so much more confident. You become a more authentic version of yourself when you do not have a drinking habit. There is not a single person in the world that can tell me otherwise. I'm 100% right on this. (laughs) And I want to invite you to believe it. I want to invite you to believe that you could be someone who doesn't want alcohol. What changes in your life when you don't even want it? How do you show up to your life? How are you showing up to your, like getting up and getting ready to go do your workouts? Not overeating after you've had a few glasses of wine and you can't even tell that you're, you're full and you're, you're on to like a, th- a third helping of food, never having a hangover again. I could do a whole podcast for a year on the benefits of not drinking alcohol. So I will save that for now. I want you to consider how you're responding to urges now. If you are ready to take alcohol out for a period of time, I want to invite you to join my 10-day alcohol-free challenge. You can find the link to join in my bio. 
in the challenge. I am your virtual coach for 10 days via email. I give you so many of the resources that I give to my one-on-one clients. I also want to invite you, if you are ready to have the conversation about what it's like to work with a one-on-one coach to change your drinking habit forever, to book a consult call with me. On the consult call, what we do is we really look at like where you are right now with your drinking, where you want to be, and we make a very specific and detailed plan for how to get you there. You can book your free consult call with the link in my bio on my Instagram account. I will put all of those links in the show notes. I hope you have the best weekend. We're moving into October. Are you doing sober October? I'd love to know. Send me a DM on Instagram. Let me cheer you on. I'm so supportive of all the decisions that involve not drinking. I hope you guys have the best weekend and I'll talk to you next time. Cheers.